not now. Not now. Here, now I'm recording. Yep, you now think, it's fine. You know what? You think Dan's favorite show is the Powerpuff Girls, and every time they get their ass kicked, he's happy about it? I just don't think Dan get angry. I mean, we had him do an angry rant, and even then, he just, he, like, I feel like he wants to, like, make me balloon animals. Like, here's a dog! I feel like Dracula's yelling at me every day. Dracula's yelling whenever he's mad. Like, he doesn't sound angry, though. Like, yeah, he sounds like Dracula. He really doesn't. He can't sound angry. Even if he is angry, he can't sound it. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, this is... there's the whole show. Right there. <laughs> okay, be quiet. It's <laughs> okay. putting down the hammer, actually. I'm going to do the intro now. <laughs> All right, Cap. Go to it. This, this is... Popper, shut the f*** up. <laughs> Alright, this is Pop of the People. I am Nate. With me is Peter. Hello. And Mikey. How's it going? Uh, we don't have, we don't have Brandon or, uh, oh, God damn it, Nate, we're gonna restart. Call him Brandon. <laughs> you called him Brandon. Brandon? You called him Brandon. <laughs> you called him Brandon again. Shut up, okay. <laughs> Alright, be quiet, complete silence, I'm going. This is Popper to the People, my name is Nate, with me is Peter. Hello. And Mike. What's going on? Brennan and Dan are not with us this week, they are... You got it right, it's Brennan, not Brandon. On hiatus doing stuff, shut up Mike. (laughs) Um... And, uh, yeah, so we got, uh, there's not much news this week. We got a whole bunch of cool stuff that happened, uh, though. Um, we are coming off of Conspiracy Release. You guys actually draft a whole bunch of that stuff, so any kind of cool stuff for the paper oh. pop? Like, I know we're not getting it on MTGO, but during the paper people get anything cool to play with tonight? Uh, Mike there, Pete. Grenzo's... Like, I don't know, a lot of them are reprints, but I but Secure Tribe Elder was one card that was pretty cool, if you don't have those yet. Um, but let's see here. I just had the list up, I don't know where it went. Um, you said Brainstorm was in there? There's a Brainstorm, and it's the new artwork from the Dual Decks, which is cool. Wasn't Compulsive Research on the list you said? Yeah, Compulsive Research is on the list. If the trade winners was there for all you Esper Stone Filter players. cards, here we go. This is what we got. We got, uh... For white, we had, for interesting cards, we had, uh... The... What? White, white didn't have much. That was weird. Aether Trade Wins. Reprint of Aether Trade Wins. Brainstorm. Compulsive Research. Um... Oh, we got a new one. Marchesa's Emissary. That's a new comment. It's a four-drop... Hexproof Dethrone. Uh, basically, what Dethrone is, as long as this creature is attacking the opponent with the highest life total, it gets a plus one, plus one counter when it attacks. Woo! Hexproof cards! Yeah! That's not good enough! That's actually not a terrible card. As long no, as, you know, they still have more... At least as long as they have, you know, more health than you, but... And the funny thing about the Hexproof thing is, because I did the draft this weekend... They they put Traveler's Cloak into the in, into the set for drafting purposes and uh, Marchesa's emissary and uh, Traveler's Cloak is a scary card. What's a Traveler's Cloak? Uh, target creature, enchanted creature gets a uh, land walk of your choice when it comes into play. 
That's, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Really good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, like, like in that, like I drafted it, and I drafted it this weekend, and uh, Traveler's Cloak is a freaking powerhouse. It powerhouse with Dethrone. Oh. Huh? Oh, what? It it's a powerhouse because it does it good like you give a dethrone creature a land walk of the most common land used amongst your group and you're pretty much unblockable and he gets bigger every time he attacks. You know, you have to be the easiest person ever to troll when we're doing a podcast. I swear no. to God. <laughs> you have no idea. I said of and you were like, what? And I was like, no. oh, what? What? And then what else do we got? For black, they gave us another copy of Alter's Reap, which isn't too dumb. But uh, Infectious Horror came back. Horror came back, which is another cool card. Which was that one? That was the four drop two two zombie that whenever it attacks, that each opponent loses two life. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is an old one. Stronghold Discipline was was uh, reprinted. I don't know what that is off the top of my head. It is a card from way back when, like, I like say when they visions. Did, when when conspiracy when they did these conspiracy cards, they really hit, not hit on cards that haven't been reprinted all that much. And stronghold discipline is let's see here, stronghold discipline. We're talking about a card from uh, Nemesis. Nemesis, yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, each they really player loses on one life for each creature he or, she, he or she controls. Yeah, if that was instant, that'd be so much better. But I mean, that basically, if it was instant, elves would just not be playable anymore. That's true, though. <laughs> this is like I think this is I I believe this card is just like the enemy of a token deck. Oh heck yeah! Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those are nice tokens. How about we do this? <laughs> oh, you want to gain infinite life and have infinite tokens? Yeah, you can die now. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> so if, like, Green White Soul Sister tokens ever becomes a real deck, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got, uh, on how, what else do we have here? Uh, but that's all I really found for black. And then uh, in uh, the red, we got Grenzo's Cutthroat. This card, I, and that's another one I really, really like. It's uh, one colorless, one red, Goblin Rogue, first strike, dethrone, 1-1. One, one. He's a creature with dethrone again. He gets a 1-1 one, one counter when he attacks the person with the highest life total. And uh, he gets a 1-1 one, one counter when he attacks, and he has first strike. So I'd rather play Sparksmith over that card. <laughs> And like, I, I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah. It sounds crazy, but uh, I was like, ah, uh, because if, I don't seem like, because me and Mikey both agree, like, the two-drop slot for, like, goblins just goes to, like, Mud Brawler Cohort for the most part. Yeah. However, yeah. if you oh, are going to, like, run the uh, Sparksmith, I don't, like, I, I was with Mikey, I don't agree with it, but if you're going to run the Sparksmith, the Sparksmith does help you keep low enough while still simultaneously making this yes. guy an efficient beater. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's another thing. I didn't say that. That's another thing to keep in mind with Dethrone. It does count your life total, too, so you actually have to intentionally hurt yourself but, to stay under but everybody. But I mean, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to run Sparksmith intentionally killing yourself just to make the guy as big as, like, what, a 3-3? I'd rather just play Mod Plunkies at that point. That's true, but this guy, again, the big thing, too, is, like, this guy comes with first strike. So yeah. there's, yeah, like, even, true, but if he gets to a 2-2, even, that's a big thing. Yeah, how but, often does yeah. first strike really matter in Goblins? 
Uh, not too often. It's usually when you come across like either the mirror or you come across the other aggro deck. Yeah. Is the main thing because yeah. in the yeah. uh, in Stompy, it's not good to you, Hulaga, just because their pump spells will just beat you out anyways. Well, it's the and, same thing about White Weenie. Like if you kill one of the creatures, they're just going to play like four more. Well, that's true because White Weenie's math. It's like the math to play White Weenie's. The answer is always play more creatures. Yeah, what a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh basically for that's all they really had in red and then like in green i didn't find anything really i mean copperhorn scout was brought back but that's like an elf card usually yeah, the elf card that one red attacks and untaps all elves yep yes uh cards not very good yeah it's i mean other than that they brought funny. back it is. yeah other other than that, they brought back the Howling Wolf from the longest uh, old times. Uh, howling Wolf? Is that the one that gets plus one for the other Howling Wolves or whatever? No, when Is Howling Wolves are just all the Howling Wolves? Yes, it's basically a squadron hawk that's a wolf. Oh, those ones, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. four mana, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's four mana too, too. It's really yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, and then, like like I said, they have secure <laughs> tribe elder, but... Uh, Here's the big thing. I don't know how many cube players are out there, but Cogworth Librarian is a, is a common card, and for popper, any anyone who has a popper cube, uh, Cogworth Librarian is still fits the flavor of a popper cube, and it's a fun card to play with. Cogworth Librarian. For colorless four, artifact construct, 3-3 three, three creature, Cogworth Librarian is face up as you drip. Draft Cogworth Librarian face up as you draft a card. You may draft an additional card from that booster pack. If you do, put Cogworth Librarian in the booster pack. In that booster pack. If I was to open like that, Kadama's Reach and Cultivate, like that, that would just be it. That would just be (laughs) it. So so basically, what you do is if there's nothing else in that pack that turn, you take the Cogworth Librarian and put it face up. The next pack comes by. Oh, there's a lightning bolt and uh, what's the other like thing like lightning? Bolt. Bolt. Yeah, like lightning bolt and fire bolt or something. You're like, yeah, I'll take both those. And you, you put library in and you get to take two good cards. Now that pack. the trick is though is that it goes back into the pack that you just picked the two cards out of, right? So somebody else. Yeah. Gets then it. somebody else gets it and they can do the same thing. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. That's actually something to yeah. add to the cube. In fact. Mike, both my cubes will be getting this card because I already got copies of them for that purpose. I mean, it's just it's just another reason I want to come visit. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I really found out of that. Other than that, they have these other ones. But the problem is with these these cards that are directed towards drafting. If you take too many cards out of your cubes for these, you end up unbalancing the cube. Cogriff Librarian is just one card. The other one they have here is Whisper Gear Sneak, which is you draft that face up. And then you may look at uh, you. What was it? You draft it. You draft it face up during draft. You may turn it face down. If you do, you get to look at an unopened booster pack in a draft or any booster pack not being looked at by another player. What? So like. That's insane. Yeah. So you can like play it and then like look at your next fifteen cards. And then that's it. You just play it like that. So like you basically just like. Hmm. Let's dictate this draft by what I'm going to open in pack three. Yeah. Oh, look, a Jason Mind Sculptor. Guess I better try to go blue or at least get some lands. Yeah. <laughs> so messed up. <laughs> and then we got this other one, Lurking Automation. It's a five drop, uh, which it's a five drop zero zero. But here's where it gets really scary. 
Review lurking automation, autom, autom, automation as you draft it, and note how many cards you've drafted this draft round, including lurking automation. Lurking automation enters the battlefield with X11 counters on it, where X is the highest number you noted of cards named during lurking automation. What? So if you, like, first pick it and you pick, like, 11 different cards, it's 11-11? No. You have to, it has to go around the table a few times. Oh. And, like, say you've drafted, like, 10 cards out of that pack. Oh, it checks at which, it checks all the cards you drafted before it? Yeah, yeah that oh, round. that's ridiculous. So, so you can get, like, 5-drop, 10-10. So it comes down to how long, who, say, every time it comes around to you, like, do you trust letting it go around further so someone gets a really efficient creature? Like, that, yeah, that forces some interesting that choices. Ridiculous. Like, either, like, either A... I hate draft this, so no one gets this. Or B, I pass it and risk someone just making this their ultimate bomb. That is such a troll card. That's kind of cool, actually. I like. I agree that it's kind of trolly, but it makes you think more about the draft itself. Like, yeah, that's fine yeah. with me, actually. And then we got Cogwork Spy. It's uh, reveal Cogwork Spy as you draft it. You may look at the next card drafted from this booster pack, and it's a flying two-one. So basically, it's the player, whatever direction you're passing it. So, like, say we're on the first round and I do Clockwork Spy and you're sitting next to me, Peter. Mm -hmm. I get to look at the card that you draft out of that pack. (laughs) You don't even help them. That's rude. Yeah, so you can actually see, they have to show you that card, and then you can be like, oh, he's drafting green, so I guess I'm not going to give him any more green cards. That seems kind of like you're using me. Hey, you see that Avengers in the <laughs> car that you uh, just picked? Yeah, I ain't giving you crap anymore. Oh, look, a Master <laughs> of the Wild Hunt. Mine now. Oh, look, a Lateral Elf. Mine now. Hey, look, a useless Greek card. There's nothing to do with my deck. Mine now. <laughs> you know, Nate, if you're going to bend someone over that way, you might at least might take a bunch of dinner first. Jeez. Whoa, whoa, but no, the whoa. Only one that's... <laughs> this is PG-13. The only ones now. going in my cube, the only ones going in my cube are going to be the Cogwork Librarian. Yeah. I'm not going to put the other three in because I don't want to, like, upset the balance. I would definitely put in the five-mana guy because that would be hilarious. Oh, yeah. I agree with the five-mana one. Yeah, I, I would like the five-mana one to go in there because I, I would just find it. I don't even know if I'd be angry losing to the card. I'll be perfectly honest yeah. with you. But, yeah, so they, that's basically the whole set from a common standpoint. A lot of it's reprints that aren't even playable in regular popper. Well, at least it's... Getting a hold of cards like that were hard to get a hold of, like so. Seeing a couple of the old ones again would be nice. Like, yeah. Um, other than that, like the, for those that didn't go and want to know how the draft format works, basically how it worked was, and then we we went all the way up to Wilmer to go to yeah, go to uh, Fan Zone. Um, you you sat down in a pot of eight, drafted your cards, and then uh, you got split up into two pods of four. And then what they were doing was, if you won the pod, you got four booster packs. If you were the last one eliminated, you got two booster packs, and that was it. But, like, all the people in our group were from St. Cloud. Like, our St. Cloud group got put together for potting, for the pod play. And uh, at the start of the game, I looked at everyone and said, I just want to let everyone know, if I win, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the prize support and giving everybody a pack. And then, like, after I said that, my bu- or Nick, my buddy Nick goes, do you guys just want to play for fun and split all the prize support? And we're like, yeah, let's do that. Nice rigging the system and admitting it. <laughs> so, cheaters. Y'all, y'all walked You're the reason with... we can't have good things, Nate. That's, yeah. that's not true. Rosie O'Donnell is still here. But, like, <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal for us because 
like it wasn't a big deal for us because we're all friends. It was just a bunch of friends that a bunch a bunch of us uh, our, our group that went down for it. So it was like we didn't care. Well, that and like every single one of us had bought in a box of conspiracy, yeah. a booster box. <laughs> Literally everyone in his group bought a booster box. Yeah, pretty much everyone. But everyone in our group had bought in a booster box, so it really didn't matter. Well, Shane didn't buy one, but other than that. I got one. Uh, Nick I got Alex one. Got one right? No, Alex didn't get one. Uh, I got one. Alex didn't go with us. Uh, oh. I got one. Uh, Garrett got one, and then Nick had one on the way because he ordered one on eBay along a long oh, time yeah, he ago. He got his from like Israel or something, right? Yeah, he got his from Israel, or whatever. <laughs> so all of us were getting a bunch of cards anyway, so we didn't care anyway. We just didn't care. Well, that and our picks. Everyone in our group pulled a mythic. Nice. My pack one pick one was Dak Faden. The Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah. So, I mean, my pack one pick one is Dak Faden. My first, my, my rare and my second pack was the Spirit Monger, which is just an awesome beater. And then my third pick was a Vidalcan Orrery. So, like, I made money anyway. And then, like, when I opened the other pack, I ended up getting a $2 card. So I really wasn't too overly concerned about it, and then I had a booster box waiting to open at home. And then when I got home, I opened my booster box, and I think I got two explorations, a reflecting pool, a stifle, a misdirection, uh, my new general for my EDH deck that I wanted. Like, I got so much value out of that box that it was awesome. It was just great. Like, there is an overabundance of rares of good reprints. Oh, I got a Mirari's Wake too. Nice. There's an overabundance. Yeah. Of, there's an overabundance of really good reprints in this set, and I would recommend if you get a chance to get a box, I would do so, because if you're a collector slash EDH player, this set is for you because they like have so many good cards in here geared towards the EDH side of things. It's amazing. It's such an amazing set. It's just really, really good. So, but yeah, that was my weekend with Conspiracy. Nice. <laughs> so, but what else do we got here? Uh, we got uh, we got a Conspiracy talk. This is an article I found, and what is this about? This talks about, uh, this is Conspiracy Week, and it's just more of uh, the, the creators of the Conspiracy set talking about it. What they do? Uh, so yeah, just a whole bunch. Of, oh yeah, Magister of Worth. One of the cards they highlight here, Magister of Worth, is a complete bomb, and it's so funny when it goes off. Oh, uh, it, sorry. Ahead of time for anyone listening to this episode, I'm not feeling too well, so if I sound <laughs> non-enthusiastic about certain things, don't take it too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like they they're just highlighting the cards in here. The, the big highlight they put on here was all the the cool EDH stuff and mechanics. Because we got Marchez the Black Rose, which gives all creatures to throne. And Magister of Worth is another big card in the deck. It's uh, basically a board wipe on a stick. You play it and everybody votes whether or not they're going to wipe the board or bring all the creatures from their graveyard back to the battlefield. I don't like the voting system because it, it allows for anyone at the table to troll someone. It, uh, you'd be surprised how many times everybody votes for Condemnation because it's hilarious. Everyone's like, just wipe the board. Who cares? 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, then that parlay, the, the parlay ability is pretty cool, too. <laughs> parlay, that's awesome. Yes, parlay. It's basically, you, you when you activate a parlay, it does something, and everyone has to reveal the top card of their, card of their deck, and however many non-land cards, you get the bonus for a non-land card, and everyone else gets to draw a card. So, like, you get something for it. For instance, Salvala Explorer Returned is each player reveals the top card of his or library for each non-land card revealed this way, add a green mana to your mana pool, and you gain one life. Then each other player draws a card. So you reveal the card, your opponents get to keep that card, and you just get an extra, you get an extra mana for however many people reveal non-lands, and you gain a life. Shoutouts to Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. <laughs> so you get to do that as much as you want. It's just a tap ability, and that's it. No anything else going with it. I mean, I'm not really a fan of, like, letting my opponents draw extra cards. <laughs> yeah. But unless it's, you know, it's, it's, Temple Bell plus Mind Over Matter, then I'm... I'm <laughs> it's 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 a politics card. Like it's a big politics card in EDH, and you're playing green white, so it's colors that involve a lot of uh, setup. Well, you're say any multiplayer format's all about uh, politics. politics. So yeah, yeah, it's a very politics card. At least it's yeah. okay. Nothing will come nearly as bad as the good old join forces uh, dragon. Like that is because that's just the flat out. Around the table, how much do we hate this guy? Oh, yeah, I'm going to give you a dragon, and you a dragon, you don't... No, not, not death by dragons. There's oh, a no, dragon that's got uh, joined forces fire-breathing, so whenever it attacks, oh, yeah, yeah, anyone can pay just mana for it. So it's like, it's around the table, it's like, yeah, how much do we want this guy dead? <laughs> we banned that guy around our table, because the turn it would hit, somebody would just die out of nowhere, and it would just Oh, yeah. It comes to, like, the one person, like, if one person gets anywhere near your head, it's like, everyone can, it's like, I'm not tapping mana this turn. Neither am I. Neither am I. How much, <laughs> the guy gets plus 40, plus 40. Welp, best of luck. <laughs> you know what the problem is, though? These cards aren't commons. Yeah. We're, we're kind of going away from what this podcast is supposed to be. Yeah. So, let's get back on tack. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, basically, it's just an article on conspiracy, because it's the hotness, the new hotness right now. And then uh, we have an article here. Uh, it's a, it's a. Uh, they're talking about building on a budget uh, deck, kind of standard, and it's a budget Nivik Cyclops decks. Nivik Cyclops decks. Travis Wu would be proud. Yeah, so it's just an article on the Nivik Cyclops budget deck that they made for standard. Pretty cool. It has a lot of commons in it and stuff. Do you think they're so. ever gonna make like another version of Nivik Cyclops? I doubt it. Oh, really? They might. It's it's. I forget who said it or what someone said, but like one of the developers said, like it, it's a card they enjoy doing because if they do it right, it's not like it's a format warping card, but it does like it enforces uh, people to want to build a style of deck that doesn't show up too often. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, like, Nemegus Elemental is, like, the rare version of, like, Kiln Fiend and all them, but, like, yeah. they could realistically make, like, just, re just like, remake Kiln Fiend, but as a blue card. Just, like, functionally reprinted as a blue card, theoretically. They uh, could do that. They could. I think the big problem, though, is blue isn't known well for giving the creatures plus one, plus oh, or plus, plus power or anything. So that's why they, like, even with uh, We Dragonauts, it's blue-red, because that's kind of just a red flavor thing. That's true. Yeah, but no, like they could easily have a card where it's an, it has an effect, kind of like, well, oh yeah, every time you play it, like it doesn't get a buff, but it does something. Yeah. 
like probably half of them like it'll sound crazy, but like for blue, for instance, like anytime you play like an instant or sorcery, tap down a creature, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or like give a creature like unblock unblockable. Like it doesn't have to be like straight up distortion strike, but just like unblockable. Yeah, like, something bluish like that, or fly like any. So like. Those are definitely things you could see. Yeah. And then it promotes a deck build kind of similar to that, so... Yeah, and then yeah. Delver will be taken out of the deck, like I said, it should have been long ago. Yeah. That would actually be kind of cool, too, just to see different things. Like, yeah, this guy has evasion now, or it allows you to make, like, either you have a flying or unblockable again. Gives your other guys evasion, or, like, the tap down one just gives them the flexibility to go, like, that would be a cool creature design for my opponent. And like we said, like, it wouldn't be completely back-breaking in any kind of deck. Yeah. My allergies are kicking my ass. Yeah. Because you use it constructed, you have to construct an entire deck around it, so you're going to be creature low anyways. Yeah. Draft, again, you're not. it's going to force you to draft a particular way, which means the few creatures you have, you have to make sure they go the complete distance, which isn't always the best option to do in limited. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, so. Wizards, get I mean, on that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's... That's just the article. I don't know. It's it, the article. It's a budget deck. I figured I'd put it on because everyone's like, everyone knows how expensive standard is. So, yep. Yeah, and boring. Yeah. Uh, topic one uh, is though we're gonna have the fight. Brew of the month yeah, here. Take it away. Okay. So brew of the month. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't here for the last time we did an update with it, Oliver. But I think last time I checked in, Mice record was seven and five. I think is what I said. Unfortunately, I didn't progress as well with it as I wanted to, and my final record with it was 10-7. and seven. So, out of the how many games I played, the record was just over 50%. So, kind of like with what uh, Avery and Dan were saying, like they just felt like we lose to a lot of the decks in the format. And to, the, to that, I completely agree. The thing is, like the deck played a lot like... I think the best analogy I could make was it played a lot like Blue-Red Post used to, where its entire early game was revolved around burning everything. And then eventually we have the mana that we can just throw out bomb after threat after threat. And since they're just above the burn limit, which is the most, like, reds of burn, which is the most efficient removal currently in the format, they just couldn't deal with it. And if you have more, like, again, you don't out solo attack in against white, so... Your Celestial, Celestial Flares never did anything, and we're playing green, so pacifisms never got anywhere with anyone. And yeah. it took a while for Quags. It took too long for a lot of games, like for Mono Black, for Quags to take something big. Yeah. So, my final overview is, the deck kind of did what it wanted to do, but it played out differently how, than I was expecting. So, all in all, the good matchup the deck had was, again, if you had the burn... You did very, very well against the aggro decks in that sense, if you had the burn for it, because they couldn't match our late game. And then, but kind of like we foresaw, a lot of our, uh, like, mono black, at least when I saw mono black, was one of our tougher matchups. And a lot of that came down to was, did you draw or did you not draw the Flurry of Horns? Because that entire game was basically just, can I make more bodies than he can draw removal? So you didn't big, use Razor Tip Whip? No, I refuse to. Okay. Because <laughs> it doesn't do enough for what it needs to do. Because there I are totally n- agree with you. Absolutely the, agree with you. Yeah, because there are enough... Not every black deck does it, but there's enough of them where they will just run a Crypt Incursion, too, in their side. Yep. Yeah. So, 
even if they don't, that way, you're like, oh, so you don't have Creature in Your Grave? I'm not getting mine back either, so I'll Crypt Incursion myself, and all they need to do is gain, like, that nine life. And they will just slowly pull you apart. It's just what happens. It's, it's not just that. It's, it's just Grey Merchant of Asphodel. That, like, that's it. It's just that. Yeah. Like I've said, the big, like the big, that's that's Black's biggest strength. Is that it has that such big momentum swing. You're yeah. like, oh, oh, he's only got a dev- devotion of four, so I'm only gonna lose four health. No, there's an eight life swing. You're losing four. They're gaining four. They're quickly balancing things out, and the second one quickly puts it in their favor. Because yeah. every black deck I've played against, they always draw two. <laughs> yep. All- yeah. Yeah. I have, I must have been extremely luck, lucky because I didn't have to face mono black. But every deck I faced, I won. I went five and zero. Oh. Lucky you! I was not with a... the stock list. With the stock list, no changes. I'm impressed. Mm. But I just took on a lot. I ended up getting stuck taking on a lot of blue white flyer, the blue white flyer heroic, and a lot of uh, red blue control, and I just crushed every single one of their decks. Oh, well, that's true. Like, Red-Blue Control was one of our easiest matches, because the only thing they kill with Red is the Mana Dorks. Yeah. So we signed up. So I, 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 I look at it more like, more of uh, extremely lucky than than player skill, so... Because, yeah, and then, because they're, again, they can control it out, but our end game still beats their end game. Yeah. And the other big thing is, Flurry of Horns is a big... Which, again, I didn't think I... It was going to work, but because not many people run the gate, or at least in my experience, they didn't run the gate, so the call worked, was they would bring in dispels to deal with removal while you'd have your Flurry of Horns. What is Flurry of Horns? It's a sorcery, and so for five mana, you make two two threes. Uh, yeah, I figured that was what you're talking about. And so yeah, but they don't want to, for them, they don't want to waste the uh, lightning bolt or whatever, well, not lightning bolt, uh, lightning, lightning strike. strike, there we go. I always call them Searing Spear because it's the same dang card. But yeah. they don't want to waste it on a token. And, but it's, it's a 2-3, yeah. It forces them to burn removal because, and, so like, and then they don't, like, oh, well, I can still bounce it, but then they don't have an answer to the big creature. So it's like, you put them in a situation where, again, it's play more bodies than they can deal with. And our endgame, again, just beat their endgame for the most part because, unfortunately, blue doesn't have as efficient draws as it used to. It seems. Well, it's it's not just that. It's it's the general rule of it's always a two for one because you're making two tokens for one card. They're yeah. spending two removal spells on it. Yeah. So, like I said, all in all, I'm not. I wasn't the really most thrilled with how the deck turned out at the end with how I had it. I made a few changes. I probably put in the show notes what few changes I did at the very end and what stuff yeah. I did. But it wasn't too much after that first big one where it's just like, no, we need to have... The big change was, yeah, we needed more red mana in the mana base because our deck re- has such a necessity of needing burn spells to thrive at all. And yeah. that was the big change. And if we didn't do that, the deck, I can't guarantee you, like my record probably would have been something like 7-15 and because it would have not done well. Yeah. I, uh... Like the one card, I know we had the one card in there that had, that was like a like a overrun. Humbler of Mortals. Humbler of Mortals. Like the time I did play him, it was already overkill anyway. Yeah, like that was the other thing too. It's like Humbler of Mortals. Like he was cool, and he's. I still want to find a good use for him, but yeah, at the point it's just like we already have the bodies, and if the deck, it's either we lost really early on because if we got to the point where we could lay a Humbler out, 
we've already established control. That's just mm-hmm. it, it was never such a close game. Yeah. The deck. Like it's either I got blown out of the water or I got them to the point where I wanted them to and they just couldn't keep up. Yeah. But all in all, like I said, our bad matchups seem to be basically the control decks and blue eyed aggro just because we revolved again around so much like well, yeah. you can say that, because after Cyber, like, we didn't one game, that's another thing I noticed the game, I almost never won game one with the deck. Yeah. Most of my games were always two and ones, because I lost uh-huh. one, and then it was the sideboard options that always let me come out on top, just because. Yeah, yeah, I'll admit that, I'll admit, yeah, more, all my games I played were two and ones, but I ended up winning, <laughs> winning in the end. Yeah, like, that's not something I want to strive for with a deck, it's like, oh, yeah. always throw away game one. However, yeah. you do get to use that game one as a scouting thing. Yeah. But my my fun my favorite play with this deck though was just throwing two snakes with the reach out there and looking at the looking at the blue white deck and say, go ahead attack the flyers. I'm not I'm not swinging yeah, with them. Like I'll I said, with everything else. my the best play I had of the deck so or the most impressive thing I did the deck like I said was like was it the turn four like Nessun ass monsters or something like that? Or it's just like the guy's like nope done and quit and quit the match. It's like you can have it. I don't care. <laughs> But that that's where it came with me with the Blue White Flyers. When I took Blue White Flyers out to win, it was, I'm going to lay two snakes, and I'm going to swing with everything else, but these snakes are going to stay right here and look and stare at you. <laughs> yeah, they do. They play a very good deterrent. Like, that's one thing I have to give them that credit for. Because, like, I didn't attack with them so often just because, again, they had the reach. And so I didn't monster with them as often as I thought I would be because they, the, it just served better purpose to have one or two out there to stop any of their evasive creatures and then let the rumbling bailouts do most of the work. Yeah. Because the only other deck that ever really, uh, excuse me, had a creature on board that could generally compete was either Green White Heroic or, uh, the gate, three color gate control deck if they were running black so they had, uh, the Ogre Jailbreaker. Yeah. Because, again, four 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 fours do insane amounts of work in the format. Yeah. If there's any other final changes I would make to the deck, honestly, it'd probably be cutting the it'd probably be cutting the slaughter horns because they never did as much as I wanted them to do in the deck. Because there was, I never really found a time where I needed them to buff up one of my creatures because my creatures were already just big enough. Yeah, and I couldn't use them defensively to keep my other guys alive. So yeah. in the end, like that's one of the big changes I'd make because. Oh, and the other big thing too I realized was, you any like in the the black matchup too, you had to un like they were crap against that because another big thing the reason why or what what I found keeps them in long enough for the mall black is Farika's curse and I completely forgot about that card almost every game so that means anything with two toughness or less should not be in play because they will just use yeah. it as fodder to gain life. And so, again, Slaughterhorn, he, he can't play much to be aggressive. He doesn't do enough to use as a buff spell. So, because, again, you feed him into a Crypt Incursion, then. Yeah. So, he was just better off, and so, like, that's the same thing with, uh... That's the reason why I ended up moving to more Spider Thugs, because you had to unleash them just to play them, because otherwise, Freakus Curse would just pick them off. But, yeah. again, like, that's the thing you needed to do against the Black deck, was put them on their heels as fast as you could, and just make them waste removal. Like, it's not the best way of play because it's always going trade one for one, trade one for one, trade one for one. And it doesn't always work well because they also have the draw spells and we don't. 
Yeah, but playing mono black is like playing a storm deck in standard popper. Kind of, just not. As, uh, it just takes longer for it to go off. Yeah. Like, if it's going to go off, it's going to go off like a freaking shotgun. Well, not shotgun, just yeah. like. Just a missile. It's a very big rocket. Water. You get blown out of the water. Yeah, because like I said, the big thing is. Merch, or even Mike said too, it's the gray merchant of Asphodel. Those life swings, that's what does everything. And you know what? And I. I Popper's not the only format that's feeling the pain of Grey Merchant of Asphodel. I think every format is. No matter where you put him, you're playing Black Devotion, and he is just a bomb. Again, like I said, like I, that's that's part of the thing. Like I, it's been said on the show before. Life gain doesn't win you games. However, like in Black's case, life gain keeps you in long enough to win. That's what it worked for Cloud Post, it's how it works for this deck, and it's how you'll work for decks in the future, too. Yeah. It's those big life swings that change momentum and just yeah. break other decks. Yeah. So, but yeah. I think that's pretty much everything you yeah, had to yeah. say on the deck. I think, yeah. oh yeah, I remember. Because I know Dan disagreed with me on this one, and I still think he's mostly right, but I did end up at... Uh, what was it? The Rubbleback uh, Rhino. Uh-oh. Place of some of the uh, uh, Slaughter Horns, just because. Well, again, it cost me more mana to get to it. Yeah. They just didn't get killed. So they, uh-huh. they served their purpose, and again, with backing with Flurry of Horns, I didn't have to edict them away very often either against Mono Black, so that's yeah. kind of why they did what they did. Yeah. But for most games, otherwise, it was just I switched them out for more removal be more aggressive and just make it the I need to be a red-green control deck for this first part. Which sounds really yeah. weird to say, because it's not a color combination you expect to be yeah. controlling. But yeah. So those are my final thoughts on the deck. Yours, Nate? Cool. Uh, I enjoyed the deck. Like I said, I didn't have to make much changes to it, because I either ended up being extremely lucky or uh, just didn't have to take Mono Black on, but every every single one of my matches was just it it was kind of sketchy. And then as soon as it was sketchy until you get a a Viper out, and then everyone just seems to get scared of the Viper. And that you had to ask. Yeah, the National Asp just scares everybody. It's like, and I play National Asp, and then it's like if it sticks around for two turns, your opponent will either yeah, either they have the answer to it, otherwise it's gonna bring a world of pain. Yeah, they they just they either can't answer it and they scoop or they let they let the game continue and then I just don't attack with it and let the ru- the rubble the, the let the bailoff do the rest of the work. Pretty much. So, but I think that pretty much covers everything for the brew. Yeah. We have the metagame next. Mike, you want to do the pop classic metas? Uh, uh, uh yeah, sure. Sorry. I zoned out a bit. My Never. headache's getting a bit worse. Uh there's actually a tournament that we missed, which was last week, so I guess I added that. Um, well, let me add it to the... Ah, screw it. I'll add it to the show notes real quick. I'll do it. You just keep talking. I'll do it. You keep talking. I'll do it. Never mind. You do it. I'm bored already. Um, okay, so uh, this is the PCT from... Uh, what is this? May 20th. And uh, number... Uh, <coughs> first... Uh, First place goes to uh, Torith. Torith is a good man. He's playing uh, the Rugtron deck. And as my internet decides to crap about, uh, 
his only loss was to CAG5383, which was the mirror, but he beat CAG in top four, 2-0. He lost to CAG 1-2. He's uh, pretty much stockless, nothing really different. Nope. Oh, actually, there is some difference. He's playing two standard bears in the sideboard. Good man. Second was Dreamer... Dreamer's Stango? Or Dreamer's Tango, I guess is what it is. Uh, he was also playing Tron. Whoopee. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and then there was Cag also playing Tron. Uh, Tron is everywhere in that one. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's the new Cloud Post, right? <clears throat> yeah, apparently. I remember, say, I remember saying something about that, that people were going to try it. You know what I think it is? I think it's just really fun to play because you're playing bigger spells. But I, I think, like, there's a lot of luck that goes into Tron. Like, if it's your day with Tron, you're not going to lose. I, I think that's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, and then Urgy was Infect Deck, got uh, also top four. Uh, and then to round out the top eight, we have Burn by Drunken Sailor 15. It's a good name. Then we have... Uh, Gons playing a deck that I would rather not say on the show. The name of it, anyway. I'm sure you guys could see why. He was playing Mono Black. <laughs> yeah, he was playing Mono Black. Whatever. I, I, I'm i sorry to not be too enthusiastic, but it's not like we haven't seen these decks before, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we have Obzin playing Grim Teachings. So he's playing Teachings Control. Let's check this deck out. He's got four Mold Drifter, two Crypt Rats, one Twisted Abomination. Ooh. He's playing the four Maculated Knowledge version. Wow, he's playing four Innocent Blood and four Exclude. Only wow. three Mystical Teachings. His one-ofs are, or his Silver Bullets. Uh, and if you, you know, you don't understand what a Silver Bullet is, it's just a term you use when it's like a one-of in a tutor deck. Uh, he has one Crypt Incursion, one Diabolic Edict, one Ghastly Demise. One Grim Harvest, one Miscalculation. What's the Demise again, if you don't mind me, not to interrupt. Uh, that's the uh, one black from Odyssey. Target, uh, destroy target non-black creature if it's, I believe if it's, no, if it's toughness is less than or equal to the number of cards in your graveyard. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's playing old school Whale of Nim. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, old school Whale of Nim, and he, and he has a one of Remove Soul, which uh, I find to be quite, quite awesome. And then uh, in his sideboard, he's got Hydro Blast, two Duress, three Hydro Blast, two more Edicts, two Rest for the Weary, which I don't like. And then he has a one of Snuff Out, a one of Snow Covered Plains, another Ghastly Demise, a Dispel, a Capsize, and a Gate. So pretty much all in all, a pretty stock Mystical Teachings deck. And then Planeswalker 83 with Mono Black. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> mostly mono black, a burn deck, a teachings deck, and three rug decks. Oh, and there's RG with Infect. Yeah. I mean, seems like we've seen this tournament before, haven't we? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I've, I've noticed, like, the popper, like, being that them taking the dailies away, this has become where the dailies are have, have, have picked up. Yep. So we're just now we're just seeing the same same results we did on the daily on on uh, 
Popper Classic Tuesdays. Yep, fully agree. Actually, uh, my last videos that I did with was with Infect, and I gotta say, even without Invigorate, Infect, uh, Infect is still a real bitch to play against. <laughs> I, I, I gotta admit, wasn't too proud of uh, putting it back on the map, but uh, you know, I gave Urgies credit, so you know. Uh, hopefully he tells me I didn't give him credit so I can point it out to him and I can feel better about myself. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not really kidding. No, I am. Uh, so, <laughs> I feel so bad right now that I said that. So, <laughs> the, ne- the next week, uh, again, was Taurus. I, now, I don't, I, uh, I know that I was the first ever champion of this tournament back when it started. Uh, I don't I, I don't know if it's true, but I believe that I was the first ever person to repeat a win. But I could be wrong. I, might, I, I know I was at least, at the very least, I was the third. But I might have been the first or the second. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I think Torith is the first ever, or at least that I can recall, the first ever back-to-back champion. So shout-outs to him. He was playing uh, Delver... I'm sure Dan would be proud. Delver, Delver, Delver. I'm sure Dan would be proud. Personally, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, this one had five rounds in it. Uh, he lost only to Trump. In... Hmm. No, not Donald Trump. Uh, although, the Donald Trump player was playing Burns, so it would be really funny if he you know, fired him. Uh, he also beat Long Time Gone twice. He beat him in the top four and in, the t- and in round four. Uh, and in the top two, he beat Green White uh, Auras. He was playing two Frostborn Weirds. He's playing four Spire Golem, which makes me quite happy. You don't see a Brainstorm in sight. Uh, that's a good thing. But only one Bone Splitter, which I think is incorrect. And then yeah. his uh, his sideboard had two Spreading Seas in it. That's pretty cool. Yay. That's all you need to mess up Urzatron. Hey, I beat Urzatron. I, I, no, I'm sorry. I beat Cloudpost when the dude had main deck Spreading Seas. It was quite funny. Nice. Next up was Green White Auras by Planet. Then in top four, Long Time Gone is playing Burn. Uh, and then another Blue Black Teachings deck, but this time by Z Death Blow. Z Death Blow. That's kind of a cool spin on it. So he was playing two Archaeomancer, not two Crypt Rats. And he was not playing the Q-Lane Knowledge version. He was actually playing Think Twice's instead. He also was not playing at all anywhere Innocent Blood. He is playing Rend Flesh, huh. uh, which is two and a black from Champions of Kamigawa. You know, that, that cool block, Nate? You remember that? I hate that block. I, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist in my realm. Hey, hey, as far as I know, Magic really started when the original Ravnica came. I mean, oh god, original Mirrodin was terrible. Champions of Kamigawa block was terrible. <laughs> I don't speak of, of onslaught block that. I don't know how hey, people no. enjoyed that crap. <laughs> I use, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I use cards for I use cards from the set, but I I, I, well, I we all use it. cards from the set. Yeah, mean we have to like it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he was playing two devour flesh. I guess it's kind of cool because you can sack your own guy again. I don't know. I, I don't know. He was playing two prohibit, one doomblade and one grim harvest and one rewind as his silver bullets. Bullets, bullets, and then he, he he was playing what I like to call a Frank Karsten sideboard. So he is playing four duress, and then he has one Nihil spell bomb, one sea sprite, 
one, one shrivel, one spell pierce, one negate, one fairy trickery, one curse of the bloody tome, one dispel, one doom blade, one aura flux, and one annul. Really? Aura flux? Is that... I don't know what like that does. It's supposed to be a joke. Aura flux. Each other enchantment gain. Each other enchantment gains during your upkeep. Pay to or sacrifice this enchantment. That's funny. That is pretty funny, actually. Uh, huh. I I forgot that card even. Hey there, hexproof Ara player. How about you pay two light, two mana, or sacrifice every one of those enchantments you have on your big dude? Oh, you only have three land. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not really sorry though. Sometimes <laughs> you are because you know no, some not. people take it really seriously, like. My deck. You're just like, that's, that's oh, I'm not, sorry. That's not my fault. <laughs> uh, and then uh, to round out the top eight, you have Burned by Drunken Sailor again. Let's check out his list. This is his list this week. He was playing the creature list. For, oh, no, I'm sorry. He wasn't. He was playing four. What the heck? Oh, I'm sorry. My eyesight's really bad. I thought that's just something else. Helden Marauders. Yeah, I, dude, my eyesight's terrible. I can't see very well. I'm actually going to the city next week to, to get him checked out. Uh, not really much different from the usual list, but he wasn't playing Curse of the Pure Start main, which I think is absolutely wrong. Like, there are people who still don't... It's the most efficient burn spell for yeah, us. Yeah, I, I think it's the best burn spell. You and your cursed heart. Hey, that card goes all the way. <laughs> I hope you can hear me clapping in the background. That was, you that can, was or I can. That was beautiful. Curse of the Pierced Heart. You're just angry because you lost what when we were playing Standard Popper with Black Red Burn. Anyway, next <laughs> up is Trump, and let's see his burn deck. He went undefeated in the Swiss and then lost to the Blue Black Teachings player in the top eight. Sucks to be you, doesn't it? I'm just kidding. Because uh, I know how that feels to just go undefeated in, in the Swiss and then lose in top eight. That's, that's a horrible feeling, isn't it? <laughs> it is It is just crushing. <laughs> it, it's pretty soul-crushing. He was doing it right, though. He was playing four Cursed Pierce Heart main, but only three Flame Rites. I don't agree with that. Why? Again, if you're playing Burn, you have to understand the fact that you're doing an all-or-nothing all nothing gamble. Yeah. Sure, you're hitting yourself, but two for four is, again, one of the, again, one of our more efficient Burn spells. I agree with Peter. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I don't. I, I just. I, I truly believe that every single burn deck should be playing four flame rift. It's four damage. It's a fifth of your opponent's life total. It's four extra fire blasts you don't need to sacrifice two mountains for. Sure, you do it to yourself, but when you're doing it to yourself, your opponent's most likely dead. I'd be burning him fast enough. Yeah, but I mean, you're burned. You should be anyway. Pretty much. He's playing like incinerates too. Uh. Not over anything special. I guess you could say he's playing Incinerate. I mean, he's playing Searing Blaze. So I guess you could say he's playing Incinerate over... Let's see, he's got the Chain Lightnings. He's got Bolts and Spikes. He's got Fire Blasts. He's got Needle Drops. Over the Shard Volley, I'm guessing? Or the one of uh, he's, he's got Yeah, he's got one Shard Volley. I, I still don't agree volley. with that, either. What, you think they should play more? No, like, I just don't think you should play the... Like, it's a wonderful three, I understand that. But I usually... Oh, yeah, too. Like, I don't play my burn deck at all. Yeah, I hate it. Sure, it's only one, and you... Oh, it's like the extra one for three that you need that you don't really want to see, but for some reason, maybe it's just my, my luck with it, but it always shows up, and then you're like, well, it just... 
it just doesn't do enough by itself. It yeah. only shows up for me, and then I lose to the sucking and land part. Oh, yes, like that's the thing. Like then you you every mana you draw on that deck because you don't want much is incredibly valuable. Like no one takes consideration. Like I think one of the angriest ways I've beat my friend when we still did pop attorneys at the dugout was it was back from my zombies deck, and I ran evil presence because post is everywhere. <laughs> I so I side. I remember this. when we found that card. I love that card to this day. Oh, it's a man. swamp. It's my friend. But no, like all I had to do was is a swamp uh, or evil presence one or two lands, and he couldn't play for, or one land, and he couldn't play for most of the game. Yeah, evil presence hurts those those spells that require two of a certain color of mana. Yeah, like searing blaze. Uh, it, I mean, it hurts. It, you it, like except for fire blast, you can't play shard volley. Like yeah. it cuts off a lot of the key spells from burn. So there you go, guys. If you're playing black, there's some sweet new tech for against burn if you need to. But <laughs> uh, next up was Garland. Yeah, Garland. He always plays affinity. He's on affinity, but he's playing the old school disciple of the vault version with uh, two car clan shaman main. He lost to long time in the top eight, and he had two hydro blast and two circle protection red that. Unfortunately, it seems like it didn't get him there. And then we have Pyro 420 Deadman. Okay. With, uh... I'm, I'm restraining myself right now to just not make fun of that name. Uh... <laughs> with, uh, Delver. I think he's playing Torrid's List as well. Yeah, he is. They're actually playing the same 75. So, um... Yeah, so, uh... Delver even made it into this tournament, I, I guess. Yep. No one can have fun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of burn in these tournaments. It's efficient and it works. Yep. And then the next week was won by Stiltskin88 with Is It Control? Uh, you know, the blue red Delver deck with Delver and. Uh, let's see what else is going Delver. Uh, Seagate Oracle, Mole Drifter, and then you have Counter Spells, you have Electrostatic Bolts, Compulsive Researches, Lightning Bolts, Flame Slashes, all the... Red Control. Yeah, all the good cards. We don't have to talk about that anymore. Let's move on. So, uh, next up was NBC. I can't see. Next up was Mono Black Control by Gons. And then we have White Weenie Soldiers by Dougie D. That's a funny name. Then you have Green, Red, Blue, and Classified. Let me guess, it's Tron. Oh, look at that, it's Tron. What do you do? Oh, wait, no, it's not Tron. It's Affinity. My bad. Mm-hmm. I got, I got, I got, I got trolled. It's, it, it's Perilous Affinity. All right, I got trolled, but I like it. The good version of Affinity. Yes, the good version of Affinity. I don't know why you wouldn't play it. And he was playing a sideboard that apparently was not listing. That's pretty funny. Uh. uh and then rounding out the top eight was Delver by Burnboy Bingham. I love saying that name. And then you got White Weenie by Calibra Six. Affinity by Moo the Cow. Where do people come up with these names, I wonder? And we have Monogreen Stumpy by Yag Drizzle. <laughs> is it Yag Drizzle or is it supposed to be Yggdrasil? Is it Yggdrasil? Is that how you pronounce it's it? It's a really weird way of spend, spelling Yggdrasil. Because apparently really? someone has the S, or someone used the S version of it already. What does Yggdrasil mean? 
Oh, it's from Norse mythology. It's the, it's the world tree. Like, life sprouts from it or something like that, I think. Really? That, that, they have another name for the world tree? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's from Norse mythology. Oh, I thought they just called it the Tree of Life. The thing I like, the thing I like about his deck is he's playing mono green, and he decided, well, if they're going to play blue, I'm going to make it so they can't get rid of my guy, and I'm going to go through unblockable and just pump this guy to to kill everyone. I like that. Oh. You got all River Boa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, if you guys are wondering, uh, he the, the Dougie D actually was playing legitimate white weenie soldiers with the. Uh, Veteran armor smiths, mosquito guards, veteran swordsmiths. He has a couple of uh, Deathblade Elite, the one uh, with Provoke, and he can prevent damage. He had a couple of Doomblade Travelers, a couple of Javelineers, a couple of uh, Nyxborn Shield Mage, which is pretty cool. And that's a actually a pretty solid. Yeah, that's a pretty solid choice, actually. Yeah, it is. He had a four Bone Splitter, two Guardians Pledge, and then he went to two 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 on his removal spells. He has two Journey, two Oblivion Ring, two on Make. He had two Sajiri right. step in his deck, which is pretty interesting. And then the sideboard is your standard white sideboard that, uh, yeah, whatever. I guess Sajiri step works as the uncountable this guy's going to get in turn. Yeah. So uh, yeah. over the course of the last three weeks, a lot of burn. A lot of burn. Some some Delver. A uh, good showing of Tron and Affinity. You know, the... Yeah, I don't know, I guess the usual pauper format. Mm-hmm. Not really sure what else to say on it. I, I know it sounds like I'm not really enthusiastic, but it's more or less I just, I'm not really sure what else to tell any of you at this mm-hmm. point. We've well, hit what we've hit. <laughs> oh, God, we're hitting rock bottom. We're literally <laughs> up the end of Pauper's Creek, and, the, and our paddle is nowhere in sight to go back. Yeah. But we do have one more... Mm-hmm. Uh, one to look at in the standard yes. proper time. Uh, Peter, you take it. This one. So this was from a couple weeks back, or actually, no, it wasn't. It was, yeah, just last yeah, week. Yeah, it was, what, is it the one from last week? Yeah, because the, uh, the one from this week would have been just today. I don't think they post the results quite yet. Are we mm-hmm. are we making our announcement at the end of this episode, right? I believe so, yes. I believe so, yes. Stay tuned for an announcement at the end of the episode that might piss some of you off. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> Just, just turn the podcast off right now. Like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> TV sign. Anyways. For Santa Popper, we got White Weenie looking like it took top. Or they refer to it as White Wine. Which is pretty a pretty st- stock build for a White Weenie deck. But he's running Suntail Hawks, which seems kind of weird, but it makes sense because, again, we don't have a Bone Splitter to throw on it, but we got Ethereal Armor. And so... Mm-hmm. Turn one Suntail Hawk into turn two, just ethereal buffed creature, go. This is kind of looking like a uh, very, very weak version of Cobblade. You just love Cobblade, don't you? He does, but he's got a point. Like The goal is to throw something to either your Suntail Hawk, your Sunspire Griffin, or the Daring Skyjack in this game. Like Those are the things you're attacking with. Yeah, and you just have a bunch of enchantments on the board, big scary guy no one can do anything about. I like the Auromancers, though. That, I will say, that's probably one of the best additions we've had in a yeah. standard pop. What's with only one staring Daring Skyjack? Like, isn't Daring Skyjack, like, the second best card on the deck? Uh, it is, but he wants to, uh... He doesn't want to set himself up for too many just electricery blowouts. It's it's hitting miss. It's hit, it's hit or miss with him. 
because you never want to swing with him if he's not going to have battalion. Fair enough. Like, he's not good enough to swing on his own. He needs two other. He needs a team to go in with so he can get flying. Okay, yeah. I can understand that. So, it makes sense that he's only running one. I would say he should probably run two, but, again, like, what would you cut out? Because he's already... He's only running three pacifism, right? He's not going to cut an ethereal armor, and you don't yeah. play less than celestial four than celestial fair. Like, I, I, I don't mean, know if I'd run four, but at least two. Yeah, like, like one two, just like, seems kind of like because, eh. like, I understand the sunspire griffins and fishing gets out and can hold the it, it holds the air. It's what it does against most yeah. things for a while, at least until. But like I said, I'm kind of well, no, I'm not entirely surprised that he's not running the uh, what's it called, the unicorn rider dude who gets who has heroic. That seems like he should be in here, but he isn't. Looks like, yeah, because it looks like he just replaced this, the heroic dude with the Suntail Hawk. Well, he's yeah, he's like I, I'm surprised. I'm not. I have. I'm not. We're not seeing more enchantment creatures in here. Well, we got the, the hopeful Lodians, but or Eudolian. Yeah. I can never say that word. But you guys are on. So right when you took first, we had left. We had uh, more mono red. Then we had back from the dead. Is that just black? No, it is black white devotion. Woo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's trying to it's trying to put two strategies together into one deck. No, the the concept for that one I've I, I've seen it before. It's it's basically you play you play the scion four times and win. Yeah, it's like I want to take. It's like I want to take all the good stuff about mono black control, or some of the good stuff from mono black control, and some of the good stuff from uh, blue white flyers and white weedy, and make one deck. Is there a great merchant in it? Yep. Yeah, it's a great merchant deck. Just call it. Yeah, like the, the whole plan is basically because you throw Midnight Recovery on, uh, what is it, Wingsteed Rider? Because Wingsteed Rider is big enough for you not to get rid of. And every time he hits, you to return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And so, what? where's the sack outlet? I forgot how he gets rid of it every turn. There's a sack oh. outlet? No, there's a way where you could just re- kill off Grey Merchants so you can keep replaying them. At least yeah. the one I played against, he did, he found a way to do it. Isn't that such a boring way to win, though? It's slow black burn. Unless he's grizzly spectacle. Spe- grizzly. No, you don't use the grizzly spectacle on your own stuff because you don't want to mill yourself out. Yeah, milling yourself is kind of a no-no. Yeah, I don't know how he's doing it unless he's just like forcing people to kill him, kill it. No, see. Unless, unless he's stab wounding the thing. That would be. Really, just and, seems I bad. <laughs> I know it does, but I'm just thinking here. Okay, so maybe he doesn't have the continuous recursion, but yeah, he does the thing where yeah, you slap a midnight recovery on him, and then you can just keep replaying. Asphodel. Well, at, at, at worst case scenario, if I play a gray merchant of Asphodel and get you lose the life, I gain the life, and keep swinging with him, eventually he's gonna die. Yeah, because it's something that needs to be answered, and then after you answer it, it's coming back again. Uh, yeah. Anyways, back to the last of the deck. T- round out the rest of the uh, top eight, we had Azori Sagro, which a lot of people have been playing. And yeah. In this term alone, we've, we've, I agree. But a lot of you, like, four players at least have been playing that one. Yeah. Dr. Demento is playing Eye Candy. Love the name. <laughs> so you got your good old blue-red Cyclops deck. Someone actually played Mono Green Stompy? That's impressive. Yeah. I don't see that as often. I didn't even know that was a deck. It, it usually isn't because you don't have the 
Like, it's rare that people do it, but you can pull it off. I'm trying to think. He's playing a lot of low cost. That's why. Feral Invocation. It's weird, but I can see why it works. For those I mean, Feral Invocation okay. is the uh, two colors in the green, flash, enchant creature, and enchant creature is plus two, plus two. So, for what you, it's a pretty cheap buff spell, all considering. And it comes out very quickly. So, it lets you. It baits people, because they know, like, oh, they're extremely little guy. Either I block and make some burn buff spell, that, so we, they get two, so I two for one him, because that's what people usually think when you're playing mono green and uh, standard. Yeah. But you do that, so it becomes an immediate 3-3. Three, three. You take their thing down, so you no long, they no longer two for one you, and now you have a bigger threat on the board. Yeah. That makes sense to me, but it seems kind of janky at the same time. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, just the way that Standard Popper looks to me, and the reason why I don't find it very funny anymore is because it, it literally just always looks like there's one deck that is just literally better than everything else. Uh. Like, in regular Popper, like, yeah, you have Delver. Delver's the boogeyman. Like, Delver literally has no bad, no, no bad matchups. And it's, like, at least 50 50 with everything. But Azorius Agra literally looks like it's, like, 75 25 to everything. Uh, I'm not going to quite say 75-25, but it definitely has a lot more 60-40s than any other deck. Especially format, if you draw well with it. Yeah, but that seems to be, like, in standard right now, with how what they've given us to work with, it definitely seems to be uh, either you're running something with Black Devotion in your deck to do well, or you supplement white into your deck, because... Yeah. Not to say not to take anything away from the mono red deck that took second place, but if you look at the number of players and how like the decks rate overall the entire thing, the black decks and the white decks are definitely faring much much better. And yeah. I can understand that from white because usually white has the efficient costed creatures. Yeah. However, like last set ago, like we realized white wasn't overly powerful, and like with Innistrad, uh, with Innistrad. Graphica combo, like, white wasn't super powerful. Yeah. Other than, like, the Seraphiton, there weren't too many, like, groundbreaking, yes, this is the creature to play. Like, you saw a lot of the Keating Aspiration just because it was a sweet sideboard card, but... Yeah. It was... Again, white was usually supplementary, so, like, for Boros aggro, because, again, yeah. it's aggro, and you have the red... And the red's what really did the work in that deck, I feel. Yeah. Because yeah. of, like, the Viachino, uh first play, you came out as four fours. You had the... Uh, what was it called? The Haste Fire 2-2 two -two for three. Yeah. I can't... Uh, oh, uh, Sky Knight Legionnaire. There we go. And then you had... So you had, like, those two are the ones that you usually won it against, at least in my experience, because like, they just... You, know, you play them down, and, like, they do so much with the turn they come out. And that was a big thing. And then you just paired up the fact that you had a lot of burn back then, too. So... But yeah, as it looks like now, there isn't... A lot of it comes down to... Play a deck with white because ethereal armor is still a thing, and it helps you get it around the stuff. Or you play the devotion because the life swings are such a big thing with the gray merchant. Yeah, look at the, then you look at his sideboard. He's playing two chorus of might in the deck. In the aggro, is there a aggro deck? Is that what we're looking at? Or we're we talking about yeah, the green aggro deck? Oh yeah. But that seems weird because for as many creatures as you have, you don't expect that many to stay out. I can see because he gives it trample because we don't have many ways of giving stuff trample right now. Yeah. I love, I like that card, Chorus of Might. The artwork on that card is so cool. You love that one. 
Well, it, I, like I, he's, that's another one. Like, I think he's got a throwaway card in Cyborg with Mending Touch. Like, I see yeah. the reasons behind it, but... Yeah. It seems like there should... You shouldn't be forced to play a card like that. Yeah, I, yeah that card That card always sticks out to me because of the artwork. I think it's funny. Like, I, 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 one someday I want to get alt artwork done with Willem Dafoe holding, a, holding, two, holding his gun in the air going, And then there was a firefight! Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? He's Nate. Just, just smiling <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. The next one we have is Esper or Three Color Gate Control. Going Esper. The fun please. <laughs> the fun please. And then again, rounding out the uh, a top eight, just like in first place, we got White Weenie too. This is the fun place. Come out with your hands up. <laughs> but yeah, like again, just looking at. Looking at the last statistics for the last how many tournaments, this just seems unhealthy. I mean, just kind look of. at how much white and black are played compared to the Exactly, other like, the metagame stats, like, there's aggro and everything. Aggro's pretty high up there because blue-white control. But, but it's, it's not just that. It's, it's, it's white and black just have more powerful cards than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what percentage they're basing all these off of, but, like, it says white 69%, green 27 blue 27 red 15 only. And then black yeah, 50. Black 50. <laughs> like, there's a gross difference between, like, what's all being used. Yeah. So. Well, you got to remember, it's also, like, if anyone's playing, like, a hybrid thing, like, uh... It counts for both, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little skewed. Slightly, but a lot of it isn't. Like, the most... Like, the one that usually skews things... Well, makes slightly. Is, uh, yeah. The, like, the one thing that slightly skews those is, like, the Racto Shred Feet. Because either you use it for the strict fact that it's black black, or you use it for yeah. the fact that it's red red. You've never. And also, also to note your aggro, your 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 metagame stats here. Forty two percent of the decks are all aggro. There's very little control. Yeah. Very little, very little combo control it or anything. Because, like I said, the big thing is, blue doesn't have the most efficient counter spells right now. Yeah. Like we've got essence scatter, which is like you need to play a four of. However. The removal just isn't there. Yeah. Because, like, Black's best one, I'm going to fl- just flat out say at this point, is Weakest Curse, it seems, to be their most efficient for what they need to do. Yeah. Because, again, sure, you can Edict an aggro deck, but so many of them play just a Brazilian creatures that it doesn't do you any good. It's like, okay, they lost a creature, and now they gain life. If I can get to my Grey Merchant, I can get there. But again, that, that's the reason why black eventually wins against aggro decks is because it can. Mm-hmm. But like red doesn't have the red's forced to play Chandra's outrage. Yeah, that's true. That, <laughs> yeah, like all the removal, like from what I've seen with this block of a standard, all the removal is just really, really bad. And like that makes me sad because again, like I would usually take annihilating fire over that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Again, Grey Merchant's 4-top. Like, they've made a lot of 4-topness creatures, so you need to have an answer, because we don't have something nice like... Grey, Grey Bo- Merchant should never have been a common, in my opinion. It, it's just not what a common card should do. Uh, I would have g- maybe given it to them at common, but a 2-4. That's the thing. Like, I would have made it a 2-3. Like, it's hard to yeah, remove. Yeah, 2-3 would make sense. Like, like the- being able to kill it with a lightning strike makes sense. Yeah, but the fact that it doesn't, and it can trade in a lot of combats because it has such a high toughness. Yeah. Like, it, like the card is nothing but value. 
Yeah, like two, three, one of one, one to been horrible, but two, four is a little overboard. I mean, for five mana, it had to be a two, four though. I think I think that's the problem. Yeah, I don't like, know. There's there's no way to design this card to be common. I'm sorry, I, I just I don't think there's a way to design this card to be common unless you make it like six mana. But then at that point, it's kind of unplayable. Yeah, because then you're just trying to make a creature version of corrupt, but that's yeah. a completely different debate and argument and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, uh, well, they've said it. They've been wanting people have been wanting to find a common way to get corrupt back again. They kind of got it, and look what it's doing. Yeah, it's a, it's more efficient than corrupt though, because you don't need to have the swamps. In the, exactly. In the, in the it's just yeah. it's just mana symbols. So I'm not gonna be completely frustrated, but when is the next course coming out? July, uh, July something. Second week in July, I think. So, did the, rumor has it this course set is supposed to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, rumor has it this course set is supposed to be the wackiest and best course set since ever. ever. Yeah, for a long time. I better if it's gonna be wacky, I better see my reprint of Steam Flogger Boss. <laughs> I mean, if there's fetch lands in it, I might just quit Magic just for the fact that I can't take it when they don't stick to what they say. Like they, uh, like I they, mean, they, I, like they said. <laughs> We're never going to print lands that make you pay life in core sets ever again. Oh, let's just let's just say screw that and put you know fetch lands in there for the hell of it. If they put what? fetches in, I'll, I would be buying booster boxes. Yeah, if they put well, no, I mean if they put fetch lands in there, I'm sure that my local store will sell a booster box for like oh there's fetch lands in it. Uh, yeah, you get 150 bucks. Got that? Like what? I could just go online and buy it for like for like. Ninety, yeah, but you're paying like ten bucks shipping. That's still fifty. Can you do math? <laughs> math is hard. Math is hard. Like I'm still bitter over the fact that Jace the Mind Sculptor alone made from the vaults, um, from the vaults twenty just go from like a MSRP price of like what was it forty five dollars or some crap like that yeah. to three hundred at most stores. Jace the Mind Sculptor is not that special, people. It's not yeah. that special. Don't try to con me out of out of freaking money. Don't do that. Yeah. But in any case, that wraps that up for uh. Yeah. Uh, MTGO finance. Um, Wait, got crap. Let's move on. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, or MTGO, pretty much just finance I mean, at this point. Dan, yeah, Dan's, Dan's not, not here, so. Um, I have been okay. So interesting story. When I uh bought this last collection of cards. I was going through looking for all the high-end rares, and I found, or not high, just just not not really high-end rares, but like uncommons that were worth something and pulling them. I happened to come across the fact that I had like 30 Ajani Pride Mates. That was weird. I'm like, okay, what the heck am I going to do with 30 Ajani Pride Mates? So as well, a joke... I mean, I could definitely think of some things that are... Yeah. Card casts but, are sweet. As a joke... <laughs> As a joke, I to myself, I go, well, I'm going to put a play set on eBay and see what happens. I'm going to put six. I looked at, uh, First, I looked the card up, and they're like $2 a piece. I'm like, oh, okay, $2 a piece. That's weird. Let's put a play set on, on eBay for 6 bucks and see what happens. Well, let's just say it went better than I thought it did, because by the time I was done... I've got no Johnny Pride Mates left, and every time I would post them, people would pick them up immediately. Nice. Like, 
There's not one playset of Ajani's Pride Mate that I put on eBay that lasted lasted two hours. Huh. Soul Sisters is it was, becoming more popular and modern. It was just Ajani. Oh, playset six dollars. Yes, buy. No one's negotiating price. Nothing. Just buy, 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 buy. I was sending out Ajani's Pride Mates for like two weeks solid. It was insane. So yeah, apparently Ajani's Pride Mates are up uh, for some reason. And I was curious about this, so I actually did research on deck lists. Like, okay, is the modern is modern is modern playing a Johnny Pride mate? There's not one deck list I found that actually has a Johnny Pride mate in it. So I don't know. The one that why. plays it usually is uh, Soul Sisters, yeah, because yeah. it gets a plus plus one card for each Soul Sister that triggers, because they're individual uh, yeah, instances but, of life gain. Yes, and that's what I thought too. That was the easy answer. But at the same time, there's not one. I, Soul Sisters isn't even isn't even in the top twenty deck lists. Oh, it isn't. But it is one of the most like the cheapest in uh state like it's entry the beginner decks. friendly deck. Yeah. yeah, and currently, currently, as I'm looking at eBay right now, the lowest price you can pay, and people are charging for one, a shiny pride mate now. Is two bucks for one. I bought it on And that's not eBay. even a that's not even a real one. That is a reprint from one of the one of the one of the dual decks. Nate, it's still a real why. deck. It's just that you don't appreciate reprints. <laughs> well, no, it's not that I don't appreciate reprints. It's just like it's just really weird. You don't that appreciate money, like bro. That. You're arguing with the fact that you got money. I know, <laughs> but it's just really weird. That's all. I found it weird. So. uh... Before we get to our announcement, that I guess I'll do the dirty work and do it. Rage of the week. Yes, we do have rage of the week, which I cannot actually get to because every time I try to open it, there's errors. Yeah, yeah, you're the one that sent it. It's not working for me either. Well, I guess we don't have a rage of the week then. We don't have a rage of the week this week. The rage is the rage. It doesn't is... work. <laughs> <laughs> the rage is. Uh, do we have any emails to read? Nope. Oh, I do. Alright, not an email, but a shout-out. I want to say that Derek Brent is awesome, and I want to thank him for my Zerlist because I made it in paper and changed it just slightly for, uh, for playing in my group with a few rares, but keeping the tradition of lots of rare of commons. And let me tell you, that deck is so good that now if I, I, I can only play this deck every once in a while because everybody hates it. <laughs> Nice. And I don't know if it's because it's Zer or the fact everyone doesn't like it because I'm playing with nothing but uh, with so many commons that it pretty much makes people who have rare decks get mad because the whole deck is just commons run amok. All right, can we stop talking about Zer? It's making me sick already. So yes. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Literally, Thanks I hadn't Derek. sneezed at all since we started the show. He starts talking about Zerb, bam, starts sneezing. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Okay. Uh, I'm done. All right. Well, we have a request that anyone, especially any veterans uh, that are, uh, any veteran listeners of the show, please send in as many emails as you can with your greatest memories and anything that you want to talk about. Uh, of Pauper to the People. Uh, you know, Grumpy Old Gamer, Avery, uh, Edwin Lugo, all you guys, all you guys, you know, I, I can't remember all of you because there was a lot 
you know, I want to thank all of you guys for being with us through thick and thin. Unfortunately, as you all know, Pauper is on not even the decline. It's it's pretty much dead at this point. And myself, uh, I tried with doing my videos. Uh, you know, I wasn't on Pauper the People for a while. Uh, you know, Nate, Peter, Brennan, and, and Dan have, have tried their best. But unfortunately, we couldn't do it. We came to the conclusion this past Sunday that it's time for Pauper the People to close its doors. Unfortunately, a big thing, too, is uh, behind the scenes is a lot of us have been busy with other stuff that we don't have the time and commitment to make towards the show anymore. Nate's been busy with family and work. I'm having a new teaching job and finding buildings and stuff to do with that. And I honestly, with all the work I'm doing now, once out of every three weeks, I'm missing a show and I don't have the time to get into the games like I used to. Mike's busy with stuff at home, too, so... A lot of us yeah, just don't have the time to put in like that we used to. Yeah, and like and like uh as a lot of listeners know that probably already already know know this though, uh I have I've also uh gotten extremely interested in, in EDH and Commander. Yep. Like it's it's become a I wanna say EDH and Commander has pretty much like I always played it before. But as of as of uh, a few months a few months now, it's it's commander has really taken hold of me, and I really really EDH, enjoy the damn it. A lot. Yeah, EDH. Sorry, EDH commander. I enjoy the format a lot, and uh, I I've I've started I've been on a new show with uh, some friends, Commanders HQ. Uh, some of some people have already know about the page because I've seen you guys posting on there that have listened to this show. Um, so yeah, I've just been really exploring that aspect of the, of, of the magic community because I mean, not that it's, for me, it was a hard decision to, to, uh, to even get on that, even start talking about that show and do that or even consider it. Cause, uh, Popper, I mean, I've enjoyed Popper to the people, even as a listener before I was actually to the position I'm in right now. That's true. And uh, it was hard decision for me to come to this when we when when we dis- we discussed it this Sunday to to close the doors because for me this was the sh- the this show is probably the first of its kind and but it's just we 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 can't keep talking about something when there's no new new we, news we can't it's, we can't breathe life into a format that people just refuse to really care about yeah especially the company that decides its fate yeah um, it's just it, it, and i feel bad yeah. about this but it's i i but i don't like i when we were talking to chris it was just like chris and i agree with chris completely it's like it's great that we have this first ever show about popper and all but it we want you, the listeners, to remember this show on in a good way instead of just it dying and, you know, like all the hosts, you know, had nothing but stale topics to talk about and they started not caring because we never did stop caring. No, but we never did. It's just, there's really, we, we there's like, we, there's nothing to talk about really. It's, the same decks all the time, and it's just it's gotten really stale. 
So, but don't think this is the last episode, no. We're no, it isn't. No. We're until 160. So, as a request for our next episode, so we'll hopefully get the request out there on Facebook, too. It's like, we would like to have a, a spitball episode with... Uh, all right, so, get in comments, emails, things that you, like, want to address by us quick or something like that. Like, yes. give us something. We want to have an episode for you guys first before we do the, fin- the finale. Yeah. yeah. And also, to let you know, Chris uh, will be joining us on hopefully the, ne- the last episodes we do here, episode 159 and 160, but Chris will be joining us because we only see it fit that if we're going to end, if this show is going to end, Chris started it, Chris has to be there to give the final sign-off. Yeah, we uh, we all agree to that. I uh, I mean, don't, you know, the, the decision was not very easy. It actually was a decision that... Uh, we all came to, I think, over the course of the last, what, like, month, I think? Uh, it's something we've yeah. been off and on talking about for that. And even last night, we had, or, yeah, Sunday now, we had, what was it? We were on there for, like, a several-hour-long discussions, like, what could we do? Is there anything left we could, like, what can we... We had ideas of things we could do, but for the most part, it seemed like we were grasping at straws and trying to... We feel as though we couldn't bring a product that was fit to actually put out for you guys. It wouldn't be up to the yeah. quality standard that we try to hold ourselves to. Like, sure, we get off topic and stuff, and then we bump them around, but we try to get quality information out there for you. And yeah. at this point, yeah. it's like we've we've said the things like we hear said a lot. It's like like we said time and time again, this is the thing. Like we feel like we're repeating ourselves, and just it's rinse repeat episode episode. So yeah, yeah and I, I mean, um, oh sorry. Sorry, and with the whole commander thing, that uh, I've already, we've already been in talks with that, and uh, as some people will find out this next episode when it comes to Commanders HQ, Mike is joining us, joining Commander HQ as a host. Uh, thank you and, uh, to uh, Nick and Alex and me for that. Nick and I, yeah, and uh, so we are going to take the EDH list thing, so. I everyone who submitted an EDH list for one of the cat one of the hosts, uh, if you could read submit that list, that would be great. Yeah, because we're uh, we're fine. still doing it at the end of the year, right? Yes, we're still doing it at the end of the year, and it's it's an idea that was brought on this show, and we are going to carry it to Commanders HQ. Yeah, um, you know it's it's funny because we all were reminiscing on uh, on Sunday about how. You know what we've been through. I mean, uh, I I've, <laughs> I came back and left the show like three times, and we, you know I remember when Peter was still the intern at one point, and uh, I was begging Chris for it to have a third host for a while, and then we finally found the perfect host and Nate. And uh, you know, even when the show first started, before I was brought on, we had Matt holding it down, and you know, I, I mean, uh, the, we've been. We've been through a lot. I, I I definitely grew up a lot due to this podcast, and I, I well, I think we all have. Yeah. As, as, yeah. We should probably save all of our grades and thank yous for not this episode, yeah. not time yet, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> not but, time yet. Yeah, it's not. But um, but anyway, you know, uh, before we end this episode, don't don't think of it for Nate and myself as oh they're just they're leaving the podcast because they want to do Commanders HQ. No, it, it really isn't because we were prepared to do two different podcasts. It's Yes, we were. <laughs> we just, uh, I mean, there's not really much else to say. We we just can't do it anymore. I mean, we we tr- we're, we're not going to name any names, but there were some people who were were 
whose opinions were taken more than than myself, than Popper to the People, than than uh, some other video makers or writers. And um, the second dailies were were you know done with. That was it. In a snap, they were gone, and that yeah. really just destroyed Popper. And I I mean I, I I'm just tired of of trying to breathe life into a format that's pretty much just dead. Yeah. So, but but again, you know, I mean, I I would like to see next week. I I would like to see at least a hundred emails if we can. I know it's a lot, yeah. but I'd like to see that. that. Next week's episode is pretty much going to be dedicated to all of our listeners and and all the people that you know stuck with us this entire time. Even even if you don't like me, because I know plenty of you want to say crap about me. You know, even if you want to make fun of Nate stuttering or you want to make fun of, or you want to make fun of, or you want to yell at Chris for him not being here or you know or you want to yell at Peter for you know being on every other episode due to his his job you know so, uh, that'd be cool um whether or not Brennan or Dan will be on it I don't know about that Dan's on like vacation again I think right yeah yeah Dan's on vacation and Brennan we tried to get Brennan on this week but he wasn't around yeah. And uh, Chris, hopefully, will be on next week, like Nate said. Um, yeah, we're hoping so. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, you know, um, I am going to try and stream the the last episode. I haven't been streaming, which I'm going to start streaming EDH because uh, something's wrong with my Twitch channel where I can't actually update my Twitch. Every time I try to, it, it doesn't update and logs me out of Twitch. So, uh, I mean, even if I can't get that fixed, I'll I'll still try to to stream it on. Uh, on uh, when is our last? Whenever our last episode is, the end of the month or it's something. Either June thirtieth or the beginning of uh July. I think. Yeah. Is it not the twenty eighth? Like Chris thought. Is that not a? I believe that's what it is. So. I think it's the end of this month. The end of this month is episode one sixty. Okay. Well. Any more closing arguments, gentlemen? I don't have Dude, any more. Nope. I have none. Mate, care for the sign off? Yes. Or, How can they reach you, Mike? Well. Uh, you can still reach me at MikeyK159 on Twitter, uh, which, again, thanks to this show, I finally made after a long time of not saying I would. Uh, you can reach me on uh, on Twitch. You can send me a message there, MikeyK159, also on YouTube. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, send me a message on Magic Online if you ever see me on. But I, I honestly would prefer if you uh, would please follow me and uh, and just message me on Twitter that is... Why I, I did make it, so... Yeah. yeah. Pete? Pete? Oh, okay. Same, uh, I'm Midnight03 in the forums. I'm Midnight03 on MTGO. If you see me, feel free to ask a question. If I'm not in the middle of a game, I'll try and answer and talk and have a chat up with you. Everybody Otherwise, getting a hold of just the general pop of the people email, it'll get to me, so... We're going to get him We're gonna get him a Twitter, don't worry. No. <laughs> yeah, we will. I, I succumb to it, you'll succumb to it, too. Don't make that be the one episode one sixty thing. <laughs> uh, Nate, yes, uh, you can reach me at popper to the people at gmail dot com. I'm on Twitter at, at Nathan Yunkin. Uh, you can I'm and Yukon on on MTGO, but unfortunately, I haven't been I I haven't been on much lately. Uh, so you can reach me reach me there, but also Commanders HQ two at gmail dot com, and then uh, basically it's about it. Um, but just a reminder before I close the show, if you sent us a email or a, a EDH deck for one of the, one of the hosts, 
Um, I need those because I can't find the original copies that were sent in the, fir- the first time. So if you'd send those, that would be great. But that is about all I got. Until next week, I'm Nate. I'm Peter. I'm Mike. This is Popper to the People. Oh, wait. Wait, right. No, we're not right, aren't we? Ba-dum-sh.